You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to these live devotions. My name is Pastor Daniel Williams. I'm excited that you're here to study God's Word uh, in this holiday season. Uh, Tis the season, Merry Christmas. I don't know when you're watching this, but it just passed Thanksgiving, and now we're coming upon the Christmas season, Advent, preparing our hearts for the story and the glory of the Lord to come, not only the first time, but even preparing for the second time. Man, praise God that he's coming back for his church. And so uh, in this season, it seems to be very busy. I don't know about you, but um, uh, the Christmas season tends to be more parties, more holidays, more stuff going on, especially even for a pastor. There's sometimes more services, more opportunities to lead people as uh, sometimes families slow down and rest. Pastors, families, especially myself, get busy and uh, I praise God, but uh, I just picked up a lot more clients, a lot more work. And so there seems to be holiday deadlines. There seems to be Christmas parties. There seems to be uh, organ uh, organizational uh, fun around the family and all this stuff stacks up and we just get so busy in this holiday season uh, that we want to make sure that we're um, spending our time with Jesus and our devotion with him. And so I'm really glad that you're listening. I want to talk to you about that today, about maintaining uh, your devotion to Jesus, maintaining your devotion to Jesus. Let me read you a definition of what devotion is to sort of sort of get our mind wrapped around this idea, because I do think that we can lose our devotion, lose our passion for the Lord. And the Bible actually warns us. Hebrews 3.12 says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. We can fall away from the living God. We can have an unbelieving heart if we don't cultivate or maintain a devotion to Jesus and our love for him. And so devotion means this. It's, it's a love. It's a loyalty, an enthusiasm for a person, activity, or cause, right? It's sometimes described as a religious worship or observance, this having as devotion, uh, a continual loyalty. And what can end up happening in these busy seasons, and it doesn't just have to be Christmas, okay? Uh, it, it can end up happening in busy seasons of our lives is we can lose sight of the top priority, the Bible says that Jesus is preeminent and he should be above everything and he should be our worldview. But the reality is, is when I ask people how they're doing, most of the time they say, bro, I'm busy. Well, I know that you're busy, but how are you doing? You see, we're so busy. It consumes our emotional intake of what we even do, how we even prepare, how we live our lives. And if we're not careful, like Hebrew says, take care lest you fall away in unbelief. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How's your devotion? How's your loyalty? Are you in God's word? Do you know that he wants to speak to you? And things just get crammed into our schedule that can push other things out. We need to make sure, especially in this holiday season, that we don't push Jesus out. Now, it's not just the holidays. This is a continual life. I've been busy for the last month, two months, three months, three years. I don't know. Since I've been married, it's been crazy. Then little kids came, then uh, toddlers came, then the next thing came. And if you don't fight for this maintenance of devotion, this passion, this priority, uh, it can get simply lost in the thick of it. And Jesus doesn't want uh, us to lose sight of his beauty, of his grace, of his magnitude, of his, of his glory. And so I want to encourage you to maintain your devotion and what stir me stirred my thought on this was a simple obscured passage 
uh, in Acts chapter 18 and Paul's second missionary journey. Right now I'm studying through the life of Paul because uh, Redemption Church, my church has graciously uh, supported me and one is going to be sending me in January to the footsteps of Paul uh, a tour with a couple of other pastors and teaching and studying the life. So I want to prepare. I want to do good. I want to I want to prepare and study the life of Paul. And as I go to Turkey and Greece and visit Ephesus and Corinth and all these places that Paul went, uh, I want to be just doing a deep dive in the life of Paul. So I have this book here. Uh, you can probably hopefully see it in video. It's probably blurry, but uh, it's the uh, footsteps of Paul. And I've just been sort of walking through this sort of devotionally, looking at pictures, preparing my heart, praying through, studying the life. I have another book on the uh, autobiography of Paul, studying through all the epistles, all those things, um, and just uh, simply doing devotional reading. And I, and I came across this passage. He highlights it in this verse that I just never really thought about. And it's such a good passage, but it's so obscured that I have to sort of break it down and teach it. But hey, that's good. That's why you're here, okay? Uh, Acts 18, 18 says this. This was part of Paul's devotion unto the Lord. Um, Acts 18, 18 says, also, uh, also many of those, that is, oh, that's Acts 19. Huh, sorry. Okay, Acts 18, 18. After this, stayed in Corinth, he had done a lot of uh, Bible teaching, the school of Tyrannus. Uh, uh, there was an open door to do ministry there. I think he was there for about a year and a half, those type of things. He was on the second missionary journey, I believe. And he was doing great ministry, picking up people like Silas and pouring in, picking up Timothy and just doing all this different stuff. And he picks up these two people, these friends in ministry, Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, he said, after this, Paul stayed many days longer. Then he took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria. Now he's going to another place to do ministry. And with him, the text says, said they were Priscilla and Aquila and at Centuria. Now I don't even know how to pronounce this correctly. Centuria, I'm going to say, but uh, at Centuria, he had cut his hair for he was under a vow. That's the verse that sparked this whole devotion talking about maintaining your love for Jesus because the apostle Paul, if there's anyone in the Bible, that's, uh, there's a highlighted in scripture. It actually shows his schedule and how busy he was. Now I know that you're busy and I'm not trying to downplay that or anything like that. I know that I'm busy as a pastor, as a leader, as a husband, father, all these things. But the apostle Paul was doing great kingdom work and was literally going from this place to this place, to this place, doing the things of God. So much so, he was discipling. He picked up Priscilla and Aquila. He was at this city, this great church plant in Corinth. He was going on to somewhere else. And it says, at a certain city, he stopped and he shaved his head and he made a vow. This is significant for us. Now, let me read you what uh, sort of sparked this sort of commentary from this book in the footsteps of Paul. It said he had cut his hair off at Centuria, for he had taken a vow, Acts 18.18. 18. Here at Chinchiria, Paul cut off his hair to fulfill a vow. But Luke doesn't tell us what his vow was. Jews of the time often took a Nazarene vow, abstaining from alcohol and from cutting their hair, to express thankfulness or ask God for help. At the end of the period of abstinence, they would cut their hair um, and offer a sacrifice at the temple in Jerusalem. We see this actually later on in, in I think, Acts 21. Uh, maybe Paul wanted to thank God for protecting him or to ask him to continue to do so. 
and perhaps the fulfillment of the vow at Centuria partly explains his apparent eagerness to get to Jerusalem so that he could offer sacrifices, Acts 18.21. We don't know the backstory, and we don't. The text doesn't say that. But Paul's vow does tell us that he maintained a rich inner faith even as he busied himself with helping others find the kingdom. That, to me, is the whole point. That what struck my heart. Paul is so busy. I'm coming into a season where I just did my calendars. Calendar. December's crazy busy. January's crazy busy. February's crazy busy. March crazy busy. It's like this first quarter of the year. God has prepared ministry. Uh, we're making disciples. We want to plant more churches. We want to share the gospel. We want to evangelize. We're doing all this stuff in ministry, let alone all the personal stuff, all the work stuff that's coming in. It's like it's so busy, busy, and yet. The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to write this detail. He was in an obscured city. No one really knew this city. He stops. He cuts off his hair and he makes a vow. It shows that in, even in the busyness, he had some solitude, obscured city. He went away. He didn't stay there. He just did this and moved on. In the secret, I believe, our inner life, our devotional life matters because God will make things public. And what can end up happening is we can get so busy that we don't take time to, to get away, right? We're doing all the events, all the planning, all the ministry, all this different stuff. But where's our Shaterian? Where's our solitude? We know that Jesus, Luke 5, 16, went away often and withdrew to solitude and prayer. Paul makes this vow and it shows his inner city. Now, one thing that's interesting is you see this. This isn't just an obscured text and you're like, well, is that a vow? Is that not? What does it have to do with Paul's faith? No, Paul maintained his devotion, his loyalty, his love to the Lord as he was busy and as he ministered. And so here's the thing. I don't want to demonize busyness, being effective, being fruitful, but I want you to see that you can actually be devoted to the Lord in your busyness and as you worship the Lord, as you serve him in your marriage, in the crazy scheduling, in the calendar, we can maintain a devotion to the Lord with a great inner life of faith, trusting in him. Now, the text says that he left one city where he picked up Asilla and Perquilla, Perquilla and Asilla. This was Corinth. So I want to give you an example from Corinth in first and second Corinthians, um, some pretty key typical verses that maybe you we've blown by before, but I want you to see Paul's inner faith of how he maintained his devotion and how he actually, he uh, strengthened his faith as he was busy, because I think you're going to be busy. I think I'm going to be busy and we still need to maintain our devotion to the Lord as we're doing the kingdom of God, uh, doing the work for the kingdom of God. This is a familiar passage. It's the Lord's Supper. You may know this because every week at Redemption Church on Sundays, we take communion and we uh, celebrate the grace of God and we look to the Lord for our salvation and for him to come back and redeem us and um, return. And so this is a familiar passage. I want you to I want to read it to you. Then I want you to notice something. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 through 26, for I have received from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you drink this bread and uh, eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, we use this as a firm foundational doctrinal truth and something we even implement in communion weekly. But did you notice something here? Paul said in the very beginning, not just about communion in the doctrine, but he said, for I received from the Lord what I also deliver to you. Paul was super busy doing kingdom work, but he received communion for himself. He received the grace of God. You would notice that Paul, he would say, there's not many, there's many teachers among you, but not many fathers. He would evangelize. He would disciple and he would tell people, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Paul was a a follower of Jesus and one that actually cultivated his faith and maintained his loyalty, his love for the Lord as he was doing kingdom work. It's possible. It's possible. Again, I'm not assuming just that verse of how he took a vow. and What was that vow all about? The big principle is he had an inner faith that no one really saw, but it comes out, comes out all over. Just think a few verses over when we're talking about another doctrinal thing and orderly worship, speaking in tongues, interpretation, prophecy. Um, First Corinthians chapter 14, this church that he just left, he spoke to them and wrote a letter. He said, the one who speaks in tongues builds up himself. So when we speak this heavenly language, this prayer language to the Lord, it builds and edifies us ourselves. but it also can edify the body as we speak out loud and people hear and there's an interpretation. And he talks about the order of this and he says, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So he's really talking about the order of speaking in tongues, of prophecy, of ministry and edifying the church. But listen to this in the midst of this order of tongues and how it's to operate. I think in verse 14, let me find it. Um... No, verse 18, he says this, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Wait, Paul, you just said tongues. It actually builds your faith up. And then in verse 18, as he's talking about the order, he's talking about, listen, I speak in prophecy. I speak in, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And I thank God for that. Again, he had this inner life. It's not just a doctrinal thing that Paul's just writing. Paul's experiencing the grace of God and he's pouring that grace upon truth and to people. Again, 2 Corinthians, another letter. There's more doctrine, there's more truth in this. But Paul, when talking about um, ministry and being a minister of reconciliation, he says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Right. Knowing the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. He didn't live to show his inner faith to other people. He lived to the Lord and he said, the Lord knows our faith. I hope that you can see it, but I want to let you know we, we do this because the love of Christ compels us. So in verse chapter five, verse 11, he says, knowing the fear of the Lord, I, I know the fear of the Lord. I know God myself. We persuade others. This is why we're doing this ministry. This is why we care. This is why we love and we do these things. 
One more example. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Well, man, there's a lot of examples in here. Um, in chapter 10, uh, well, I'll go with chapter 12 cause it's a familiar passage. It talks about how Paul had some thorns in his flesh and he begged God and Paul was a prayer warrior, he spoke in tongues, right? So he's interceding and he's asking God, God, take this away, take this away, take this away. And God says after three times, no. And he goes, my grace is sufficient. And he heard these things and he said, my grace is sufficient. It's interesting how the Lord gives grace to Paul over and over and over again. And Paul understood this. He received it. And he went after it. And in Acts chapter 18, this simple city, this one-off, it's not a significant city, but he did something to build his faith. And then you know the next very verse in Acts chapter 18, verse 19, if we go back to this passage, he goes and he drops off some, 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 some companions, that those people that he was with, people he was rolling with, to a very prominent, amazing city, the city of Ephesus. Now, you may know the city of Ephesus because there's a Bible called Ephesians, and Paul actually would go to Ephesus and plant a church there in Acts chapter 19. But he's getting to Jerusalem, and he says, set sails for that. And it says, and they came to Ephesus in verse 19, and he left them there, but he himself went to the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. We see such an, in Corinthians, Paul talks about he had an open door in Ephesus. We see such an open door, so magnificent, wonderful, fruitful ministry. The apostle John was known to be able to live in Ephesus. Tim, uh, Paul's protege, Timothy, would be a pastor at Ephesus. It would be a prominent church. And the fruit of Paul's inner life, making this vow at an unknown city, would lead to open reward fruit. Remember Jesus said those things are done in the secret, our reward openly, like our prayer life. And so why do I bring all this up? Because I think in this Christmas season, you're going to get busy. I think after the first of the year, you'll probably be busy. Listen, you are going to get busy and busy and busy because there are great things for us to do. The Bible says we are devoted to do good works. God predestined us to do good stuff. We should keep busy like the ant and learn from him and grow and sow seeds. And this is the time to live by faith and not walk by sight and to trust God and to sow seeds and share the gospel and make disciples. We should be doing kingdom work all the time, but don't let it steal your devotion. Don't let it steal your devotion. Take care. You need to grow in the grace of God. This isn't just something that we see in Paul, but the apostle Peter at the end of his second letter, he would say, you therefore beloved, knowing this before beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the air of lawless people and lose your own stability. Don't go and just sin and miss the mark and do your own thing. Get caught up. John would say the apostle John get caught up in the ways of the world or the love of the world. But Peter would say, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him, the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. We should be growing. We should be going from grace to grace and returning and maintaining and maintaining our loyalty, our love to the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you in that. I want to let you know that the things in your heart and in the secret, God will reward openly and you can maintain your loyalty, your devotion to him as you look to him. So in this busy season, in this holiday season, listen, don't give up. 
Keep going after it. God will give you great revelation, great truth, great things to share, great ministry to do, all like Paul, right? Empowered by the Spirit. But don't lose your first love. And if you do, the Ephesus church in Revelation, the Bible uh, rebukes that church, that Jesus rebukes that church and say, hey, you lost, you left your first love. So remember the things of old. Repent, turn to me and repeat those things you did in the beginning. Maybe you're squandering. Maybe you're not maintaining your devotion to the Lord. You've lost a little bit of your love or your devotion. Listen, go back to God's grace. Grow in that. Remember, we just had Thanksgiving. It's so good for your heart to not complain, but whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, commendable. Think about these things, the truth of God, honorable, and the peace of God will rule your heart and reign and give you peace. You can have shalom as you remember God's faithfulness in your life and you turn back to him. You repent. Revelation 2, 4 through 5 tell us this. And then repeat the works that you did when you had devotion. Start the steps now. Listen, we're all going to be busy. We all have 24 hours in the day. But will you take those steps to devote that time to the Lord and serve him and fix your eyes on him and do these things as into worship? And so Acts 18, 18, I see Paul make this vow. It's very obscured. It's very ah, a one-off, but it was inspired by the spirit to inspire us to show a little bit of his heart. Just as some of these verses in first and second Corinthians, it was a little bit more of his heart. He had an inner faith that actually poured out and overflowed. May that be our case as our mission is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus. May we pursue Jesus now to the abundance of our heart. May rivers of living water flow from us and share with others. So God bless you guys and we'll see you in the next video.